ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, you Break iFix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools? It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break iFix. Are you ready? Let's make some noise, come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. I am Roy Burton. Alongside me, as always, my tag team partner, a man who had the same amount of baskets as Tobias Harris has had in the fourth quarters of Game 4 and Game 5. <laughs> one, one Chris Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing this? Do, how are you doing during this, as always, during the pandemic, air quotes, Saturday morning, sir? Uh, this will be the same opinion that I gave. This is probably the same way I'm going to feel when we air this on Thursday night, Friday night. Saturday morning, mm. Sunday morning. Mm. Um, I am just almost comatose. I like <laughs> we're old and we've watched we watched a lot of games and a lot of sports and all that. And usually, like I, I mean, like they just happen. Like losses happen, and you sleep on them and you move on. Like, and I think that's been like that for almost ninety nine point nine percent of the games in the last twenty years. This is different because I feel like this loss feels important and major. Like not just for, I don't know, like the actual series when in a wide open Eastern Conference, in a more wide open Eastern Conference with all these injuries, you lay possibly, and I don't like getting into hyperbole, this is one of the biggest egg, laid eggs in the history of Philadelphia. So, Am I so wrong in saying that? You are not. You are absolutely not. And we are recording this episode again on the evening, Thursday evening, June 17th, uh, 2021. This is um, not quite 24 hours removed from, as Chris mentioned, one of the worst losses in the history of Philadelphia sports. Um, the Sixers complete and utter collapse in game five at the hands of the Atlanta Hawks. Really at the hands of themselves. Um, but they were playing the Atlanta Hawks that, that day. Um, by the time this airs, this series may be over. Um, by the time this by the time this episode aired, well, no, by the time we recorded this episode, again, I thought the series would be over the other way. However, the Sixers are standing one game away from being eliminated again by an Atlantic Hawks team that is not as good as the Sixers, period, point blank. Well, I don't think they are, but again, we'll debate that on this episode of the show because, again, we have a very disgusting loss to talk about. I can't imagine, and again, this won't air until Saturday, so I can't imagine whatever happens at game six. I can't imagine it'll be as bad as what we saw in Game Five because Game Five, again, as Chris mentioned, one of the one of the worst displays of of basketball um, we've ever seen. Sporting. Sporting, one of the, one of the worst displays of sporting athletic um, endeavor, one of the worst athletic endeavors we've seen in this city um, ever. Period. Point blank. We don't have to put a qualifier on it. It is what it is. So we will talk about that. We will bring out, as we always do on the show, the pie chart of blame because someone's got to get blamed for this. Whether it's the game and or the series, because again, if the series, if it ends here, if the trip ends here, we have a lot of blame blame to assign. And I think we mentioned it on the air, but I know you and I had the conversation last week. We thought that we, we knew at some point this journey would end. We just didn't know the end, the journey would end here. We didn't know it would end this week. We thought we no, might have two more and weeks. And I think we knew the ending of the journey. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like it's like it's like saying, "Oh yeah, we can predict the ending of the Sopranos." We it was, but no, it isn't like saying we knew that Tony would be in like the diner with like Journey playing at the end of the Sopranos. Right. We knew that it didn't. It didn't take a basketball genius to figure out how this was going to end. Right. Well, for us, for me and you anyway. Like I know, I feel like a lot of people were operating 
under blind faith for a long time in terms of Ben Simmons. But I don't know if we're just built different. I don't have like I just tried it. Like I can, you can still enjoy your team and a sport and be relatively objective, correct? I, I think so. Like we try to be. I mean, we can, because we can, I because yeah. I've enjoyed this season, but I've and but the thing is, Roy, even if if you prepare for that like that kick to a bad region, it's even when you get kicked in the bad region, it still hurts. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's still that, hurt. And that's what it feels like. Even as you, God, I couldn't, I can't imagine what people felt like that didn't brace themselves for the, for the bad region kick. Like yeah, how, and, how, how bad did they feel? Yeah. Like, you know, it's coming and it comes and it's going to hurt. But again, like you said, like you, you brace yourself, you steal yourself, you know, maybe, you know, maybe if you prepare for it, it doesn't hurt as much. Um, it still hurts. It still hurts a lot. <laughs> um, but like you said, like it's, it's more numb. It's more like that Lincoln Park numbness. Um, that that I'm feeling like after after that game that we saw on Wednesday night, but we'll we'll break down that game on Wednesday night. We'll we'll talk about what this means to the future. People have already poured dirt on the grave. I am I am hoping beyond hope <laughs> that again as this airs, they are still alive, and then the, the day after this airs, they can pull this out, and I will give you my reasons why. Although these may all be moot by the time this actually airs. On Saturday morning, again, on Philly Cam, 106.5 FM here in Philadelphia. We will talk about that. We will talk about a bunch of other NBA news because, again, there were 17 other things that happened in the NBA. Like 15 of them happened on, like, Wednesday, and they were, none of them involved the Sixers until the end of the day. So we will talk about that as well. And we got to talk about the NFL and the latest news regarding uh, the COVID-19 vaccine. The NFL and NFLPA, the Players Association, released their new levels of restrictions Um to you know that apply to unvaccinated players some players including um philadelphia favorite cole beasley um had an issue with that so we'll discuss that and if we have some time we'll talk a little bit of wrestling not hell in a cell because i have no idea what the heck's going on <laughs> with that. but summer slam is coming up and we may be on the precipice of a big move when it comes to wwe changing hands and having a new owner so a lot of stuff to get to this edition of the broad street line as we always say sit back relax take a ride on the broad street line the future of sports talk radio has finally arrived Mr. Domingo, any shout-outs, sir? No. Shout-outs, as always, to you guys for supporting us, listening to us wherever you do so, whether it's here in Philly on 106.5 FM, WPPM LP Philadelphia, every Saturday at 10 a.m., or wherever you are on the TuneIn app or on TuneIn.com, just search for the Philly Cam station. Again, tune in to us again every Saturday for a new episode at 10 a.m., or you can download us wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Tune in radio, Google Play, YouTube Music, Spotify, Spreaker. Just do a search for the Broad Street Line. Download us to your phone, your iPad, your computer, your MP3 enabled device. Take us with you on the go 24-7, 365. You can also give us a follow on the Twitter machine. He is at SKD215. I am at the BS line. If I told you I would be tweeting about hell in the cell on Sunday, I'd be lying to you because I have no idea what's going on. Um, so I guess I'll be like knee deep in the Euro 2020 action. <laughs> This week, um, what are you what are you tweeting about this weekend, my friend? I'm not. I, I'm gonna not really be tweeting because for the first time since I left, I will be back in the Philadelphia zip code for oh, like man. 48 hours, baby. Oh man! Oh man! Lots the kid to, is back. Lots to do. A lot of people to catch up with. A lot of drinks to be had. A lot of food to be had. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh man, Philadelphia, man, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you're in Center City. Give the kids some dap because I'm sure the kids gonna be in Rittenhouse, <laughs> Old City. What? Uh, not, not wearing Sixers gear because I bought all these <laughs> damn Sixers shirts and I was playing all. Yo, man, let me instead of at my local like I don't know Giant, let me get all my Sixers fits in in the city. It's like I don't want to wear these shirts anymore, bro. I just bought two shirts from our good <laughs> friends at, at Veteran Shirtium. I literally just bought two shirts from our friends at Veteran Shirtium. I'm like, man, I got to wait till I go on vacation to wear these, man. Like, I, I can't be wearing these because, out. Because, man, I, I don't feel like this often. I feel embarrassed. I feel embarrassed for the team. Like, and and I feel, and as, like, as much as you feel bad for the fans, because they put, I feel bad for the best player on the team and who's just got to get out. I'm not saying he's, like, completely faultless, mm-hmm. like, without fault in this, but it's a very small point. Like, I, I mean, like, he's not – He's he's only one man, a man who's hurt, <laughs> like on like on like three quarters of a good knee, and all he's asking for, all he's all he really needed 
was someone to pick him up for a half in game four and a GD quarter in game five. Just a quarter. Or, like, not even a quarter. They were up 10 with five minutes left. Of course, the man that we're talking about is one Joel Hansenbeet, who, as Chris mentioned, is playing um, not at 100%. He has a torn meniscus. isn't playing like it because, again, my man has been a ball of fire for pretty much the entire series. Um, I'm going to pull up his numbers in a little bit, but Joel Embiid has been absolutely fantastic uh, for the most part during this series. Needed help for a half, needed help for a quarter, didn't get help for either one of those. Let's let's kind of let's run the back, let's run the clock back. First of all, before we get to because again, we have to talk about game games three, four, and five. Let's run this all the way back. This has been a very weird series. Like this has been a strange. Like we've seen, like you mentioned, we've seen a lot of basketball, a lot of sports in, in Philadelphia. This might be, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe the Phillies in 08 or something like This is one of the weirdest series, or maybe 93. This is one of the weirdest playoff series I've ever seen from a Philadelphia sports team. Because remember game one, again, the Hawks jumped out to that well, big I, lead. Oh, sorry. sorry. I think it's weird in the fact that I don't think the Sixers have played great in the playoffs. Like, I, I mean, like, they've had inferior opponents. They've looked good in maybe out of how many games have there been? Ten so far? Ten. Ten? Yeah, ten. They've looked really good in three, and 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 in this series they've looked good in what one and a half, basically, yeah, or two. Like I like I think you can count the fourth, the 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 mid third quarter to on in, in game two when Shake turned into Mike. Game three they looked really good, mm-hmm. and then game four of a half, like and everything else, and that's what I I take out of this is. Maybe this, like, maybe the tea leaves were there during the entire, against a pretty, I'd say, average playoff team. Like, the Hawks are probably a decent regular season team, but, like, they have no experience. They have, they they play little defense, but somehow they're coming out ahead. And I, I really feel, Roy, they're just mentally tougher. And that and that's really that's the the really the thing that's kind of weird to me because after game one because again it's, you know the, the game one Atlanta was up twenty eight and again they they seemed they were involved you know control of the game but at the end of, in that fourth quarter at the end of the fourth quarter they were they were kind of fold they basically folded under pressure they couldn't get the ball past half court so I'm like all right well maybe this team like you said they're a decent regular season team but maybe they're not that tough maybe they just don't have that playoff toughness um, that that you need to kind of get past the second round like you can win around in the playoffs if you're a decent team but you need it there's you need a little something special to kind of get past two rounds so i was like you know maybe this team doesn't have it and game two rolls around and again they come out pretty well and then again like if it wasn't for shake milton maybe we'd have a different story about game two but shake milton saves the day in game two let's get to game three because again the sixers come out and they have probably their no they have their best game of of, of this series beat the hawks by 16 the bench finally scores to give you 30 points in the first half Ben was passive in the first half, being passive. Ben comes out like a man on fire in the third quarter. Scored eleven points in the third quarter. Finding Embiid for for alley oops. Embiid has twenty seven nine and eight. I'm like, all right, this is the Sixers team. I thought I saw when I watched Game Three. It was I think it was halfway through Game Three. It might have been eight minutes left in in the third quarter of Game Three. And I'm like, this series like feels like it shifted completely. Like it seemed like the Sixers were in complete control. Are you were, are you in agreement on that? I'm not. Oh, no, oh no. For me, I thought I tweeted. In game four, in the second quarter, I thought they snatched their souls. It was over. For, like I, I really thought that they were going to run away with this in five games. But to the, but back to the the toughness part, the the Hawks have been able to take a lot of the Sixers punches and come back and not mm-hmm. get and they don't have a glass jaw. Like they're coming, like they're taking the Sixers' best shot and withstanding it. I, I mean. I don't know if you could say anything better, but game five. I mean, you literally got you got body blows, head blows, and every blow in between. You somehow had like, and I feel that maybe this is Nate McMullen coaching them. They're not trying to get the lead, and they haven't gotten this lead back in like crazy spurts. It's just, it's just. I think someone said it's like a death by a thousand cuts. Like, I, I mean, they, like, they get that lead that's 26. They think it's down to, like, maybe 13 or 14 at the half. And they're cutting it down at the third. And then, like, all, but there's, and what's scary for me is 
They, they, they have won three games without shooting well in two of them. And I thought that was the only way for the Hawks to stay competitive was them shooting the lights out, which they're capable of. Mm-hmm. And that is my fear that in game six against a wounded Sixers team, this, this, this team's wounded. I don't know how else you could say that, that, that that kind of um, normalization happens where you have a hot crowd. I, I mean, that's ready just to pounce. And Trey hits one of those 30 footers. You get like you get those because I think that's what and that's what's frustrating about this is the Sixers have really been able to withstand like haven't had to deal with like those momentum changing tr- long Trey threes. He's he's dr- he's driven a bunch, like gotten to the line, but those aren't like crowd jumpers. You know what I mean? Like like those aren't like things that get the crowd hot. Those 30 footers I always feel for any team. Those are just ego, like those are just confidence builders for for the for the offense and just downers for the defense. You, you and, mentioned, uh, I'm sorry, go. Ahead. Oh no, and I worry that that's that that you're going to get a perfect storm in Game Six. So you, you mentioned a bunch of things. Let me let me try to let me try to get to, get to all of my mental notes to get some of that. You said first, you said this this team, the Sixers team, was wounded, and they're physically wounded as, as well as mentally wounded because of Game Three. Of course, Danny Green goes down with the calf strain. He's in a walking boot. We won't see him for the for the rest of the series. Um, so, so they're physically wounded, of course, with Joel Embiid as well, and they're also mentally wounded after what you said happened in the last two games. Game four, of course, was the game where they only blew the only blew the eighteen point lead um, down in Atlanta and lost by three. And like you said, Atlanta didn't shoot well in that game, uh, but they shot well enough. Um, someone who did not shoot well in that game was Joel Embiid, um, who went zero for twelve from the floor in uh, in the second half. Finished with 17 and 21, but that 17 and 21 came on 420 shooting. Um, ben Simmons had 8, 11, and 7 at the half and finished with 11, 12, and 9, uh, which tells you what he did in the second half. Um, Tobias Harris scoreless in the fourth quarter. But again, this is a, the game that the Hawks needed to win. It was in Atlanta. So you're like, all right, maybe the Sixers again. You get a little lazy. You don't, again, you know, put the foot on their neck. You don't crush their, you know, you don't crush their souls. Because you said you you thought their soul was crushed, and I thought it was too. But you know what? We've seen team. We've seen this all the time. We've seen teams get complacent and let their foot off the gas and give one away. So I'm like, all right, game four was the one they just gave away. Game five was that times a million. This is unbelievable. You're at home. Two two. You have to win this game because the game's going back to Atlanta for game six. Aaron McKee, Allen Iverson come out to ring the bell. You're up by twenty six points. You're up at 26 points. Joel humiliating, Embiid, humiliating Clint Capella in the process. Like Joel Embiid could not miss against Clint Capella. He scored 17 in the first quarter. Kevin Harder had as many points as you and me. Yeah. Oh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, whatever the hell his name is, had yeah. six points. Like that's like if you tell me those those three things happen, I ask you, how did the Hawks score? I'll tell you. 34 year old Lou Williams. The Sixers, and that's the wild thing about the last two games is these games have been won by guys who you just weren't expecting to carry them. I mean, like, the Hawks get carried by a few, like, John Collins dunks, and then just trade just methodically, like, getting to the, like, hitting a three. Get, like, but it's it's just, it's it's methodical. And, And I think this is where it comes back to, they cannot. They don't have a player who can independently stop the bleeding. Like there's a lot of people that are dependent that can possibly stop a bleed. But but Seth Curry needs stuff. Like needs things to happen for him but, to stop a run. But the thing is, like all these Hawks, not named Trey Young, are basically dependent on Trey Young to do these things. Like you said, you're, you're talking about certain points. You know, Trey Young and the, the thirty footers, and you mentioned the John Collins tip dunks. Like those points, like you mentioned, those points are what I call loud points. Like those points, yeah. like mm-hmm. those John, like the John Collins tip dunk. Like yes, it's two points, but if you're if you're Atlanta in Atlanta down two to one in a game four, and you're clawing back, and John Collins comes up and tip dunks on somebody, that point that counts for a lot more because again, that shifts momentum. Like when Clint Capella dunks on Joel Embiid, you know, the one or two times he did it, that shifts momentum. But there hasn't been a lot of that. Like there's been a couple yeah. of them here and there. It's like, But like it's other other than that, it's basically, you know, been Trey Young trying to make his way to the basket, scoring, you know, scoring, you know, getting fouled, making it to the line or whatever like that. There has, hasn't been a bunch of those loud points you know, since basically since game one. 
since since the uh, since the Bogdanovich three, there hasn't been a yeah. lot of that stuff for the Hawks. Like it's like you said, like they've been down by eighteen, down by twenty six, and they'll go on like a you know a nine to four run or a ten to five run, and they'll just pick at you and pick at you and pick at you. And then in game five, like you mentioned, Lou Williams of all people, thirty four year old Lou Williams comes out and just basically gets whatever he wants. And it's like, like if you have guys and you have three guys who were named to the NBA all-defensive teams, if you have three guys named to the all-defensive teams, Lou Williams should not be picking you apart. I'm sorry. This, no, but this series is the, it, it, it is the perfect example of great offense will always be, be great defense. Like, I, I mean, like, and, and one for such a veteran-laden team, because they have a lot of vets. I mean, like, Embiid isn't young anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't consider Ben Simmons young anymore. Harris has been in the league. They do not respond well to adversity. Mm-hmm. They don't like like because when that when that snowball like gains momentum, they can't stop it. And and your struggles on offense are like we we always told our kids like I don't know like when we coach like like rec basketball, don't let your offense dictate your defense. But that's what's ha- this is the last two games are a perfect example of just being completely inept on offense. Like, I mean, like, literally not not moving, not being in the right spot. I mean, like, you look at that, like, last play from, like, I don't know, with Shake, like, in game three, there were, like, three dudes next to him because they had no idea what the hell was going on. Right. But like, whose job is it to, like, get the team in a spot to stop the run? That is – that's been <laughs> my frustration with the supposed point guard of this team because he's a point guard by name, not – not by duties because he ain't filling much role. He he ain't filling much of the point guard duties right now. Look, we we've said it before, and we'll say it again, and we will say it in, in, until the, the day we die. The most important, like the the guy who stops the run, the guy who's most in charge, the guy on the court who is most in charge of stopping that run is always the point guard. The point guard always gets you like look if if like it's like look, we got to get a basket, all right. But 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 Roy, how hard is it? For a point guard to do that when he isn't capable of of take of taking the reins, like because he is without a skill set to stop the run. Well, that, well, here's the thing: you can take the reins, but again, like you have less in your toolbox to, to stop, stop the run, <laughs> right? Like again, like you could say, like Ben Simmons, like again, the Atlanta no, goes on a run. He has the most. He has he doesn't have the most important tool to stop the run. It's like well, it's like it, it's like stop. It's like stopping. I don't know. A, a, it's like a plumber. Like I don't know. That's trying to stop a leak, but he has to find creative ways to like I don't know, like right. put like put the water in the like to stop the water from drying. He has to use like like a Wawa cup. Right. It's like it's like yo, like change a tire, but I'm not going to give you a jack. No, I'm serious. <laughs> yes. like, it's like, it's like, I'm not going to give you a jack. That's exactly it. It's like you can be super creative and figure out a way to get your car up. So you damn can, that so is you no, that is really the perfect analogy. It's like because you need like. Sorry, shooting and and shot creation is the most important tool to have. It's not within yourself, mm-hmm. it, it, like to stop the run. Like I mean, you see it. If if, if someone goes on an eight zero run against the, the Trailblazers, what what are they doing? They're clearing out for Dame. Right, and, and and again, it's on Dame or it's on point guard or if somebody goes on a a run against the Bucks, it's like, look, the one thing Drew Holiday is going to do is like, look, here's whatever play that we run the best. Let us run this play right now and make sure Giannis can do whatever he needs to do to get two points. Because sometimes you just need two points. Sometimes you get, just got to do that. But the thing is, when you have less tools in the toolbox and everyone knows that you're going to do X, Y, Z, it's harder to do X, Y, Z. If you're Ben Simmons, and again, you're not you're not going to shoot. And again, we're, we're fine with it. But you're not even going to drive to the basket. No, 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 no. That's where – no, we, we've conditioned ourselves to be okay with it. <laughs> but deep down, we're not okay with it. Right. Like I, I mean, like, well, no, like, and I'm back on this because hopefully we don't have to talk about this dude for for much longer. Like, I, I mean, like, we have no, like, I mean, I'm moving the goalposts back to where they are. Okay. Like, we have moved them. We have moved them to like I don't know Tom Dempsey level. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I no, and yeah. no, and I, I mean Kyle Newbeck. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Amazing article state. by the way. Phillyvoice.com. Kyle Newbeck. Yeah, drop, drop the mixtape and just like I don't know. Like I don't know. Like did what I did what 50 did the job back in the day like i, I like no he no like i, I mean like every, everything has been catered to how do we like i don't know like optimize ben simmons when he's not doing his part in the optimization 
But he's and, under and, a, and, a lot and, of parts. And, and my main issue is mm-hmm. in the last two post game press conferences, I've heard Ben Simmons say, "Oh, oh, um, our, our our pace was off, our spacing was off." Well, genius, who's who's responsible for helping like get that pace and spacing back to where it should be? That's literally your job as a point guard. Like if, if a guy's in the wrong spot, you you wave him to the right spot, and if the pace is the is off, you have the ball in your hands. You control the pace. All right. So if the pace and spacing is off, that's an indictment on you. Period. No one else. That is not Joel Embiid's fault. I mean, look. Okay. To an extent, the spacing is other guys' fault. If they don't know where to be. But if they don't know where to be, it is your job to tell them where to be because you are the quarterback on the floor. So that is an indictment on you. Not to mention the other indictments on you, like you just missing free throws. Oh no! You- oh 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 no! He. He OJ, he Harvey Weinstein, he has a lot of indictments. He has like <laughs> 10 of them. No, like, no, and, and one, but I ask. Like, I don't know. If if if, if this is if, if this is the people's court, and I'm asking Judge Wapner. Yes. What is the biggest indictment of the Ben of, of Ben Simmons today? That is impeding the Sixers from winning as many basketball games as humanly possible. My my general statement on, on this is that to me, and again, you can kind of read into this however you want. My general my general statement is that Ben Simmons does not have the John Cena ruthless aggression that he needs. You need to be, again. Consistent ruthless aggression. Consistent ruthless aggression. There are times where. He loves just, me. He loves me not, though. He loves me. He loves, he loves me, me not. Like, you, like, you got it. You got to help your mans out. Like, if Joel, like, it came forward to me. It was the clear. It was like the clear and utter statement. You saw it. I saw it. Everybody watching on TV saw it. Like Joel Embiid in the in the second half and especially the fourth quarter, just didn't have it. And that's fine because again, he has it all the other like ninety percent of the time. He just didn't have it that night. You need somebody to pick you up. If it's not if Joel Embiid's not going to bring you home, then I would imagine. I would. I think it's a fair assumption to say, okay, well, I can expect the next biggest star on this team to step up and be the guy to bring us over the finish line. I think that's a fair thing to ask, right? No, but I, my question is, what is the reason for that lack of consistent ruthless aggression? I can't, is I, don't, it, I don't know. No, don't no. Know. Is, is it the fear of ruthless um, uh, failure? Look, listen, all I know, this is what I know. He had to get yelled at at halftime of, the third of game three in order to be aggressive. Just went, just went, you know, radio silent in Game Four, and and basically cost him the game. And went super radio silent in Game Five, and basically cost him the game. I, at some point, and again, and Kyle Newbeck, you know, put this out in this article. At some point, you would think there would be some internal motivation yes. that says, "Hey, you know, obviously it wasn't a Boston series. Obviously it wasn't Toronto or whatever. Like, obviously none of none of that matters. All right, none of that matters." But like and you, you said, thought internal. it would. But right, like internal. you said, internal. internal. Not from Sean Tribe. Not no. from dad, not from mom, not from Kendall, from yourself. Right. And five years into this, we still have no idea what drives Ben Simmons to be great. Or or what is the button that you need to push in order for him to No, to... and no, and, and one, I like I know that he's he has some unique methods of motivation. But I'm also not going to fall dots dot rivers because no one's going to be a, like Popovich wouldn't be able to get to this guy. I, I mean, like like he is operating under his own timeline and set of rules. You can't have that. And, right. and, and one like and one that preferential treatment route will only go so far as as long as the production's there. Like that. Like, like I mean, stars get preferential treatment in the in, in every sport. You know why? Because they produce. Mm-hmm. But once you don't produce. Other teammates are going to start looking at you sideways. And, and and here's the thing. Again, I mentioned this to you before. I think I mentioned it on on the air, right? Like you know, you know what my expectations are, what I want from Ben Simmons at this point. Because but again, they've changed fifty five times. In yeah, five but years. yeah, I mean, we moved the goalposts all around again. Like you said, like we're at Tom Dempsey levels with these goalposts. But again, I, I said eighteen eight and eight. Give me elite defense, and I'll take that. However, you give it to me or, or whatever like that. If you're not even giving me that on offense, and you're not, if you're not giving me that on offense. I need to see your sheriff badge. I need to see the, the keys that you lock dudes up with. I need to see your nightstick. I need to see your, your stun gun. I need you to need see to be me. the big boss man. I need to see, yes. You need to be big boss man, <laughs> law, order, and justice in the NBA. 
You need to be, you need to put people in Cobb County jail. I need to see you do the things with the nice stick that big boss man Ray Trailer used to do with the nice stick. I'm seeing, I'm watching Ray, I'm oh, Ray Trailer. I'm watching Trey Young go off for 39 in game five. That's I'm watching, not jail. I'm watching no, Lou, no, Lou Will do whatever he wants. That's, that's probation. I'm watching Lou Will do whatever he wants. Like, if you are all defense, if you were locking dudes up in jail and you're not giving me anything on D on offense, you got to get be super elite on defense. Again, I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't think no, it is. But, no, but I think we're talking about a guy who might be just broke, temporarily broke. Like, it, it, no, but, but Roy, how many times have we said this in the last few years? How many moments have there been, like, and if we're being honest, a lot of the season he's been kind of broke. I mean, other than mm-hmm. that, Seven week run where he needed to be an all where he wanted that all star birth and looked like I don't know 21 10 and 8. A lot of the season he's been kind of broke, yeah. And I, I mean, should an all star be broke three times like three separate times in a year? Like, I, I and like I, I just think like, like he he's very elite at times at one thing, but you need to be steady at a lot of the things, and he's not. and at some point you gotta be you gotta be held accountable by the magistrate. Like I, I mean like it but it sound it feels like no one has been able, whether it's a coach, the player, the organization, have not been able to hold him accountable. And and the steadiness is the thing, because again, if you if you could give if Ben Simmons was consistent, if you gave me a consistent, I don't say effort, consistent we, anything because because we haven't even gotten to the free throws. Oh yeah, yeah. But if you, if you gave me a consistent whatever every single night, it's like all right, I know what to expect, and I'm gonna I know how to deal with this. Like if you if you tell me that again, you're gonna be you know locking dudes up one night and not locking dudes up another night, and you know one half you get you score really well because again you get yelled at and then you go a whole game you go you go a whole half you know the next two nights later or two games later and you don't score at all and it's like what, what am i supposed to do like if you're a, if again and we both know he's not a superstar but if you're a superstar if you think you're a superstar you got to bring it every night like every single night like these dudes either bring it every either they bring it 100% or they go down on their sword on their shields i mean that's it is what it is and you're not even going on on your shield my guy it's like, fam, you can't be you can't be giving me 11, 8, and 5 in a playoff series. You can't. I'm sorry. And, and giving up 39 points. Right. And, and giving up and giving me mediocre defense. You can't do it. But again, we get, let's talk about these free throws because these free throws. Listen, you. We I told you. I, I, I asked you if he was worse than Shaq. And you know what? He is worse than Shaq. 32.5% this postseason. 32.5%. No, like he's missed more free throws. Than the Hawks team. He was four for 14 on Thursday. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday. Four for 14. I don't even know how that's possible. Like, I really don't. I haven't seen. I don't know how that's possible. I, like, it's. First of all. I, first obviously, of all, it's mental. But, like, that's that's one of the no no bleep Sherlock. I, I mean, but, like, like I don't, like, to be frank, I don't care if it's mental. Like, okay, I, I mean, yeah. like, like, you. You are a one percentile, 99th percentile athlete. I like, I mean, call me naive, but there shouldn't be, you should, you should be able to work on your free throws and improve. Is that too much to ask out of a 99th percentile athlete? No, no. Like, again, we've seen, we've seen guys. And I'm just talking about this round. I'm talking yeah. about in the net. That, that is something that I don't know. Like, see, see, see a psychiatrist, like, emergency. Urgent care of psychiatry, and literally, don't be on your damn PS5. Go to the gym and just shoot as like and, and want like just and, and it's not even just the the mental part, Roy. It's it's mechanics. Like he's like, I think about this, and does this guy, does this guy need to be like reconstructed like offensively from like from like from like the from like step one? I'm not again. I'm not. A, I'm not. I'll, I'll say this. I'm not above that because, and you you pointed it out. Because again, like if you look at, and I hate be, I hate to be this dude, but if you go back and look at those Montverde Academy videos, you look at him in high school, like he really didn't. Like he was fine. What happened? Why? How? <laughs> in oh my god, FCC! How in the world did the Sixers possess two basketball players in a span of three years that suffered from this unknown illness? I, like yeah, maybe there's another motorcycle accident that we don't know about. 
But again, like, look, he didn't shoot. It wasn't like he was shooting threes all the time in no, high school. Well, he whatever. was like, confident. Like he, he was confident. He took like, the shots. He, yes, like right. he pulled up from three without hesitation. Right. Like, I, he, I don't yeah. know whether it's he he bulked up, whether he I don't know saw a no, gypsy. No, 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 I don't. I have no no. But like you can make the argument that he has regressed every year of his basketball career offense. Um. I don't know if ever. Well, <laughs> let me let me say this. I I think he's I think he's gotten to be, I think he's gotten to be a, a better not um, finisher. No, 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 no. I was gonna say he got better from his rookie year to probably like year three as a playmaker. Um, I don't know if he's as good of a playmaker now than he was before. I think he might have regressed a little bit. Finish fi- finishing and shooting and all that stuff. Yeah, no, we're not doing that. Um, obviously he's he's, he's not he's not that no, good. No, I think we need to ask well, as the good. question, Roy. Is what hand is he? What's his dominant hand? It, uh, on a basketball court, it's his right hand. It's clear. It's clear as his right hand. But it's no, clearly... but he dribbles with his left hand. I know, but I'm saying, but he goes out of his way. But he shoots to... free throws with his left hand. I know, but he goes out of his way to, when he, he shoots oh, no, the basketball. No, I have never been more upset to see a Euro step in my life. No, like, he Euro steps because he can't finish with his left hand. Yeah, he goes, yeah. He, he, like, he, <laughs> he takes the alternate route to a Euro. If you but if you go back again, if you, I go back and read the the draft the uh, the pre draft stuff from him back when he was at LSU, it was the same thing. It was the same thing. It was like this dude for whatever reason finishes with his right hand more than his left. We don't know why. Maybe he's really right handed. Who the heck knows? I don't get but it. What? But what's insane is he has been able to be a three time All Star mm-hmm. and and just a one of the one of the more I don't say elite. I mean, I I don't think he's elite, but I mean, he's a multiple time All Star. Got a got a rookie max deal. I, yeah. I mean, like with leaving, like we said, thirty to thirty five percent of off realistic offense offense potential on the table. That's insane. Yeah. No, that's that's what I feel about Giannis because I feel like like there aren't many changes you need to make to take a massive leap. Like if Giannis got ten ten to fifty percent better on offense. <laughs> He'd average in his mid. He'd average thirty-five points a game. Well, I think I think Giannis's game would change a little bit. Like if Giannis, if Giannis got a jump shot, I don't think he would just like be bound to just, the lane like he always does. Like I think, like I don't know if he'd score that much more because I just don't think he'd, he'd take that many more shots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think his game. I think his game would just be a little different. But Ben Simmons, like you said, like he's he's actually leaving like a lot of points on the board. Like he's he can go from fourteen points a game to twenty points a game without shooting without, a jump shot. Yeah, without 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 blinking an eye. Just get better. Just get better at the line. I mean, again, and, like, and get better yeah. at finishing. Yeah, to get better at finishing, like you finish if you finish one more basket a game or to two more With baskets a game. Hand. Yeah, two more baskets a game and make two more free throws a game. I mean, again, that's a reasonable ask uh, for somebody who's been in the league, you know, this long. But, but after five years, Roy, like there's a question of reasonable and expected. Is right. it expected? Probably not expected at this point because okay. well, because again, like it's you know, what is the thing that's going to that's going to kind of change you? It was there was the thing. Well, someone posted on on Twitter on Thursday. They they had the, the video of him. I think it was from 2017 or 2018. Yes. It said, you know, yes. I'm, you know, basically when they were they were doing the hack of Ben back then. He's like, you know, it don't matter. I'll st- I'll start knocking those down. I think it was might have been against the Wizards. Yes, then, it was. Okay, and he was like, yeah, I'll get better. I'll get better at, at doing that. No, um, and, and I think along the lines of it's not going to happen much longer. Yeah, it's not going to happen Long. much longer. <laughs> we we saw the well, okay, we saw what I hope is an inflection point on Wednesday when he got taken out of the game late in the fourth quarter because his team and his coach couldn't bear to stand him miss more free throws down the stretch. If you're at the point, again, where you're getting, you're getting taken out of the game <laughs> in a close game, again, where your team can't buy a basket for a couple of minutes and they're taking you out of the game because you're an offensive liability, we got to have a conversation. I'm sorry. No, like, I that's think, it. No, 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 I think this is what we at wondered. What was the come to Jesus moment? I don't know if he in Jesus. But I mean, like, like mm-hmm. is this it? And whether it's it compounded with not being on the Sixers anymore and going to, I don't know, like, Portland? Like, no, like, I always felt like, and this is what I feel Giannis has. Like, I mean, like, when you get embarrassed on, and I don't think this is, I don't think Ben has ever been embarrassed on this nationalist thing. Like, I mean, on, where it's been this apparent, he's the reason for them losing. Because I think, like, when he played Boston a couple years ago, you could chalk it up to being young, da 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 like, I don't know. And, and I, I mean, against, like, the Raptors, like, you had, he didn't play great, but, like, they were within a game. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy bailed you out. Yeah, but if you lose with Embiid playing the, the way he is to the Hawks, who are just I, I mean I won't say it, they're just a very pedestrian playoff team. I like mm-hmm. I like who aren't playing well. 
Right. Like I can understand if they look like the Splash Brothers and be like, you know what? We're just we're just cursed. Like I, I mean, we ran into like like I don't know the 08 Warriors and they just run run ran through it. They're not, <laughs> and that's the most frustrating thing is they can't withstand a run from guys like John Collins and Lou Williams. Well, let me again. We've been dumping on Ben Simmons for the better part of forty minutes, but let me ask the question because it needs to be asked: How much of this is Ben? And how much of this is on Doc Rivers? Because, again, we've seen Doc Rivers' teams do this before. We saw this last year, you know, when the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. The, the Sixers have the better roster, all right? They have, I believe, the better coach. Why are the Sixers down as we're doing this? Why are they down 3-2 to two to a very pedestrian Hawks team? Some I, of this has to go on Doc Rivers, right? Yeah, no, it does. Okay. Uh, I, I said the pie charter blame is, I think, no, I think, no, I think, uh, it might have been Glenn Mack now. I think he had it right. Ben 60, mm-hmm. Tobias 20, Doc 10, the bench 10. Because I just feel that 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 coaches are rather, like, I don't know. They're, they don't cause teams to win games. I know people want to dump on Steve Nash, but, like, I, I mean, like, he has Kevin Durant. Like, I, I mean, how much is he freaking coaching? Like, and, and same for Doc. I, I mean, are you going to blame him for, like, I don't know, putting that all bench off, all bench team in short? But I mean, like the the starters had a ten point lead with five minutes left. You right. can't, so you can't blame the bench. You can't blame Doc. I, I mean, this is on just. I mean, the two players that are making sixty four million dollars, Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, and and I and man, like you just needed one of these guys to step up for half a quarter, and they couldn't do that. And I hate to use the S word with athletes, but man, Tobias Harris did not look like he was ready for that moment in game five. He just did. Well, if you're scoreless in the fourth quarter of game four, didn't do anything in game five. And get four points in game five. Yeah, four. Yeah, four, four points for the for the whole game. Look, like you said, the Sixers were up, you know, 104 to 92 with 423 left in the fourth quarter. The starters were out there. Wait, 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 wait. 423? 423. Four minutes? Four twenty-three. So they called up a lead in three minutes? 423. It was 10492. Um, according to different websites, however you want to say it. Some some people said the Sixers had a 99.7% chance to win. Some people said they had a 99.1% chance. Whatever it is. If you're up 12 points at home with 423 left with your starters in the game, again, you should win that basketball game every single time. You should. I don't know how much you want to put on Doc, because like you said. Doc shouldn't need to call a set in that play, in that in that 423 to, to score points. You scored two points over the last 423, and that was that stupid little Seth Curry basket at the end of the game that really didn't count. So basically you went scoreless for 423. I ain't on the coach. I'm sorry. It, That's not on just, the coach. No, it comes down to ability, Roy. And we've been saying it. I feel like I, I don't know. Like I like I feel this is like my broken right. Like this is my the Eagles need like a cornerback. Or like a receiver, or like just something obvious. This team just hasn't had an a, above average shot creator for since the guy who they left, since, since the guy who beat them left, Lou Williams. I mean, yeah, it's been yeah, it's probably been since then. But I'm I'm gonna all this is to say I'm gonna say this, and again, maybe <laughs> this is outdated by the time it airs. I'm gonna say this: I am not counting this team out. I'm not putting the dirt on their grave until this series is over. Again, this is the clearly the better team. All right, I can't imagine you're gonna die on this hill, aren't you? I'm gonna die on this hill. I can't imagine. The, we've seen times where Ben Simmons gets motivated by for whatever reason, and he comes out like a man on fire. All right, no, 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 no. But like, just to retort that, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? To, is it 48 minutes sustainable? Well, he, well, I don't know. All I know is this. Oh, okay. All I'm, I'm putting my money on this. He comes out for game six, man on fire, however long it lasts. The Sixers win this game, win game six. This team has zero business losing three games at home to the Hawks. I'm sorry. This get, this comes back to Philly for game seven. They win game seven. All they got to do is win game six. Game seven will take care of itself. I have enough faith, maybe it's misguided, in this team that they will pull us out in game six and then win game seven. I really do. I think they're the better team, man. They're the better team. I like the Hawks aren't there. You keep saying we've said it, you said it 18 times. They're mediocre. They're mid-level. They're okay. If the Hawks played any of those teams out west, they get stomped out. Like they're but not they have, that good of a team. But, but you know what? 
like even things out, even things out between the two teams. One has an equalizer, the other one doesn't. That's like, true. I, I, you know, like, like, like Trey Young, for all his like histrionics about like I don't know, drawing fouls or whatever, he just if you need something, he's gonna do it. You need a bucket, you need a three, you need a play made. He's gonna do it. He's gonna do it or, or again go out swinging. I mean, like yeah. again, like it, it, it's fair to assume that. Over at some point over the next two games, they're going to need a bucket, and it's fair to assume that at some point over the next two games, Trey Young, Trey Young is going to get that bucket because that's what he does. Yeah, so I, I get it. I get it. I understand. I, yeah, I unfortunately, it. I do do not share your um, share your optimism. I feel like the Sixers are going to get swallowed up again in this moment. Where, like, I, I mean, like, I think it's going to be one of those times where they come out strong, but they don't put the Hawks away again, like where they're up like seven or eight and, or, or, or say they're up 10 points mm-hmm. and they close out a quarter terribly. Like, like, like the bench just like, I don't know, throws it away. And instead of being up 10, you're up four. Right. And then like, I don't know, then like, I don't know, you come back like, and, and then they just go on their methodical run, like, like Collins or Bogdanovich. Like, I just don't think you're going to get another bad game out of Bogdanovich. I, I mean, like, and say with Herter. So, yeah, no, I, I, I just think, like, I just don't think the Sixers are mentally tough. <laughs> well, look, we'll, we will find out exactly how tough Tobias Harris is, how tough Ben Simmons is. But like, obviously, we'll, this will have long-standing ramifications. Yeah, like, like, we, the, like we, know, we know Joel Embiid. Right. Like, like, and I, I mean, like, dudes are probably fighting for their, like, Sixers' careers right now. Someone, I'm not sure who it was because it wasn't mentioned in the tweet, but um, our good friend of the show, Tom Moore, he said some one one player of the Sixers asked Doc Rivers, "Yo, have you ever come back from um, shut being up?" Down, being, I swear to God, look at Tom Tom Moore Sports or Tom Moore Philly Sports. I'm not sure what his uh, his handle is now, but some Sixers player asked Doc Rivers, "Yo, have you ever come back from losing Game Five at home in a was series?" It Josh Smith. I, he didn't say the player. Like the tweet didn't mention the player. I don't know if a follow up tweet did. And and Doc said, "Yeah, in 2015 against you know San Antonio or whatever." Um, but if these players are asking these these questions, man, like I don't know where their mental head, where their head is mentally right now. Like that's a weird question to ask. Like, hey, coach, man, you ever come back from this? That's a weird question to ask. Do you, um, no, and one, do you just think some of these guys just aren't playoff guys? Like, there's there's a difference between 82 game players and 16 game players, and I don't know if a lot of these dudes are 16 game players. Whether it's like mentally or skill wise, I don't know if these dudes are playoff are built for the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know if I think usually again in the NBA and we grew up we grew up in this era. Usually I always I'm a fan of this. You got to pay your dues in the playoffs, right? Like you kind of you go to the playoffs, you get a taste of it, but then you know like it, the, the moment's like too big for you and you just can't, you know, you just can't be the, you know, be the the player that you are. I think that comes with experience in the playoffs and like look, a lot of these guys that you're relying on, you know, don't have a lot of experience in in spots like this. Like they're not used but to being done. Ben, Ben's been in the playoffs three, three That's years. Say so Ben does, you know, like I would think Tobias has enough. I mean. But I yeah. think experience is not the same as play, playoff experience is not the same as playoff skills. And I True. don't know True. if these dudes have certifiable playoff skills. Well, no, like I, I think it's been proven the last couple of years that they've been. I, I mean, yeah. like this isn't like, and one, we're not basing this off this one series. I mean, Tobias hasn't been great in the playoffs. Well, no. I'll say he was he was good in the first. Like I, I'm sorry, like these last two games have kind of blown everything out because he's been so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Tobias Harris has kind of kind of poisoned the well a little bit these last two games. But yeah, like look, it's like I don't like you know you're fine with like Joel Embiid has nothing to answer for. Seth Curry has nothing to answer for. These other guys though, again, we have a lot of questions. And no matter what, like somebody's going to have to as good as Joel Embiid is, someone else is going to have to be that other guy. It's going to whether it's Ben or whether it's Joe or Joe, like we can't, uh, or, or Tobias, like you can't rely on Shake Milton coming out of the air and scoring, what was it, 14 and 14? Like or, he didn't or, game, or game Seth two. Curry. I mean, like, where would this team be without Seth Curry? They'd probably be, be they probably be in Cancun already. So here's the he scored 36 in game five. He's averaging like 20 in the, in the playoffs. It's like, Seth Curry averaging 20 points. If you had told me Joel Embiid's going to score 37 and Seth Curry's going to score 36, like I would have said, the Sixers win by twenty points. Like they, they destroy the Hawks. Like, they were up by twenty. <laughs> oh yeah. Like there's no way. Like, no, like, I, I mean, it, Paul it still goes back to the most absurd, apoplectic stat that I've ever seen. 
in a playoff game, in a second half of a playoff game, two players scored for a team. That's it. Two, two buckets. Two, the only two players score field goals. Because um, I, yeah. think, I think Ben had two free throws out of like 10 probably or whatever it was. I think Shake had two free throws. I forget it. Somebody else had two free throws. Two players scored, put the ball in a basket, you know, during the regular course of play over 24 minutes. That's amazing. That's an amazing, bad. amazing Amazingly bad. bad. Yeah, that's an amazingly bad stat. Um, I am feeling optimistic. I will die on this hill. Next time we are on these airwaves, the Sixers will be in the second round against a team TBD, which we'll talk about in a second. You think the series is over in six or seven? Six. All right, so it ends on Friday. So <laughs> it's it. It's it. All right, forget the six. Because I, I want to talk about the best thing I saw this week in the NBA. This is one of the greatest performances I've ever seen out of any athlete ever, period, point blank. Kevin Durant, who I was told wasn't the best player on the court, like in the, in the NBA anymore, who I was told was only a really good scorer because he always played next to a really good scorer and somebody else always had attention on him. So Kevin Durant could do what he wanted. Kevin Durant, fresh off an Achilles injury, played every single minute of a game five and went for 49, 17, and 10 against the Bucks, against a former DPOY, against a former two-time MVP, lifting his team when his team needed the most. That was that was one of the performances for the ages. I'm sorry, it was a fantastic performance. It was no, I, I mean, but this is this is what we wanted. Like and and, and, and finally, I can willingly celebrate Kevin Durant because I just haven't been because the last three years of his career have been whack. I'm sorry. But no, but I mean, like, this is this is what we like seeing. A yeah. great player elevate, like, I don't know, just take over. That was like, he didn't elevate anybody, he just took over. Yeah, he just took over. And with, with no help. And that, and damn, man, he's great. But I, I mean, but and maybe and maybe Kevin Durant's is different. He doesn't want to, he just doesn't feel the need to exert himself to win. He doesn't want to exert himself. He just wants to win. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, but when he needs to exert himself to win, he can do 40, 49 points and and just like just will his team to win. And I'm interested to see what this next team looks like the rest of the way. Like, I mean, do you just say bleep it and just say, yo, Kev, you think you can you think you can get us to a finals by yourself? But Kev's gonna have to do that one more time because because we saw James Harden game five and James Harden, you know, wasn't that wasn't that mobile on, on that on that um hamstring again by the by the time this airs. Maybe the series is over because they have game game six on, on Thursday. Um, but James Harden's not going to be 100% probably for the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe not even for the NBA Finals. And Kyrie Irving has a high ankle sprain, so who knows when he's coming back. So, I mean, look, Kev's going to have to do this one more time. Can he do it eight more times? <laughs> like, I, I don't know if he's going to do that. But, I mean, if he does, I mean, this is going to be the greatest playoff performance of all time. Yes. No, but I. But you know what? The league – no, because, frankly, the playoffs have kind of sucked. Like, I, I mean, every – like – other than Game Five, which finally had its kind of trademark moment, there haven't been many trademark moments. There haven't been many trademark games. There sure ain't been any trademark series. Like you need a narrative. You you need the world to be like, yo, like a family in Iowa needs to be doing what the, the family in Brooklyn's doing. It's, yo, we got to get home after supper and watch Kevin Durant because he's doing what he's doing is just like off the chart. Like no yeah. and. Yeah. I think this is what he needs for his legacy, man. Like I, I know he doesn't want to talk about it, but he get, he cares about his legacy. Don't let anyone convince you he doesn't. He feels he all he's always felt in the shadow of LeBron. And you know what? Know what you do when you get like if you want to get out of the shadow of LeBron, you win a championship by your damn self. Yeah, yeah. Like this, if Kevin Durant <laughs> leads this Nets team with a not hundred percent Kevin uh, James Harden and a if he even shows up, a 900% Kyrie Irving. If Kevin Durant, despite all the stuff that we said before the year about the Nets, and if Kevin Durant takes this Nets team and leads them to a title, that does wonders for your legacy, all right? Like, we're done with the, you know, the whole Sports Illustrated, you know, I'm tired of being in second place. I'm tired of looking at LeBron. I'm tired of being second fiddle to Steph, Steph, Steph Curry. Yeah. None of that matters anymore. None of it, because you are that you are that dude. Yeah, no. You, do this. You, you can wipe away a lot of just noise regarding your career and like i don't know like this will this will be your this will put you in that conversation of the all-time greats and you know what i want that for Durant because like i don't want him to be this like because for me and i don't think it's just me i think a lot of people just think yo those championships you want to go and say were whack I know we saw a legacy defining performance for Kevin Durant. We saw a quasi quasi legacy defining performance for, for one um, p- a pandemic P Paul George himself 
who willed the Clippers to win. They're up 3-2 as we're recording this against the Jazz with no Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has an injured knee. He might be out for the rest of the playoffs, which is crazy. Um, so you have Pandemic P leading the Clippers. Um, what about – can we talk about Dr. LeBron? Go, go ahead. Let's talk about Dr. Le, Dr. LeBron, who knew all of this was going to happen. Um, I wish uh, Bron Stradamus had told us about Joel Embiid's meniscus and uh, you know, like the uh, the Chris Paul COVID thing. Oh and... yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, because with, in a shortened season, that because a short season makes you more prone to COVID. And I'm not sure he like I don't know like if if the CDC didn't tell you. Hearing this bozo, sorry, like I got to call him this time a bozo. <laughs> Go ahead. Hearing this dude talk about like the plight of the player. And just say, just talking out of his rear end. Like, I mean, he really is. Like, to say, like, oh, man, we should have, like, I don't know, we should have fought. I was like, that's pretty rich of you, dude, considering you're worth, like, $800 million. And if you missed, this, like, a season, how much would that affect you? You ain't, like, that's where, like, you, that's where sometimes I know he stands for a lot of good stuff. But this is where he just comes off as just an entitled P. Like, 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 just, like, just read the room, dude. Like, you should not be the one. I know you feel that like you're the spokesperson, but sometimes you should not be the one relaying this message that, like, it, it, and he's like, oh, I know the business side. It's like, you're the business, dude. That's why you know it. So like, I mean, that's, right. the, that, that's the part of it. Like, that's the part of it that just annoys me about him. It's like, yo, like, do you even, like, but this is the same guy that was willing to play in the bubble because he didn't want to lose money. But now, like, you didn't want to, like, I don't know, play in this condensed season. Like, it. The the bubble and this season are hand in hand. You can't you yep. needed to play these games it, unless you wanted to like literally lose like twenty five percent of your salary. You needed to get through this. It's a necessary evil. It sucks a lot, but to like kind of like I don't know like talk at like to like speak on this like I don't know like 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 you're speaking for the con man. It's just it's it's hilariously like just at like tone deaf. Yeah, yeah. The problem with those, and you and you and you mentioned it perfectly. You are the business, right? You are literally you're in the room. Like Chris Paul is the president of the Players Association. I think you're the vice president or something like that. Like you're you're you are the guy. If you and Chris Paul said, you know what, we ain't doing this. All right, like whatever seventy two game season over however many days, this don't work for us. You got to figure out a new schedule. You got to figure out something. We need more time off or something. If you had made it a point to say this isn't going to work for us again, the the NBA would have figured something out. Like the player association would have figured something out. You agree to this schedule again. You are the guy in the room. You aren't Shake Milton. You aren't Matisse no. Thybulle. Like you have a voice in this. You have the loudest voice in this. So to say that, hey man, we shouldn't be playing. We're, we're, I'm sorry, but you should have been saying this in October. You should have been saying yeah. this in September. You should have been saying this in the bubble when you were playing in the bubbles. Like yo. We start next season. Yo, let's push the season back a month or two, all right? Yeah. Let's, let's build in some more time because you are LeBron James. You can do this. Yes, I'll donate into that escrow fund if we need to, like – because that's the thing. It's like you're losing wages there. Like, and one – these dudes, like, I don't know, Mike James, who's, like, I don't know, been playing in wherever the hell he's been playing for six years. You think he gives a damn? He's trying but, to just get that check for as long as he's here. And if, but if, all I'm saying is, if LeBron James and Chris Paul and all their friends said, "Hey, man, let's extend this season by like three weeks, so we have a, you know, more time for rest and all other stuff like that," Adam Silver would have probably been like, "I don't love it, but okay, fine." Yeah. Like, you have the power to do these things. Don't sit here and act like, "Oh man, like this is crazy, man. I can't believe they agreed to this." You are the dude who agreed yeah. to this. Or you are the guy. Like, it's yeah, all no, you. Like, I like, I really respect LeBron, but there are just some things where he just needs to shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he's, he's got to fall back. All right, we got like two minutes left. I do want to talk about this NFL uh, and NFLPA again. The Players Association had a voice in this, um, according to the new guidelines uh, released by the NFL this week. Um, players who are not vaccinated in the NFL will be tested daily, will have to wear a mask at facilities and while traveling. They must socially distance during meals and cannot eat with their teammates. They can't leave, excuse me, they can't leave their team hotels while on the road, can't eat at restaurants, and um, can't have social media marketing or promotional opportunities. Um, one player, well, I guess a lot of players are probably upset about this, in particular Cole Beasley, who basically said the NFLPA isn't fighting for, isn't fighting enough for players' rights. Talk to your player rep, dude. Talk to your player rep. Talk to the guys who voted for this, because again, this will not have passed if more than fifty percent of players this is why, vote for this. This is why owners will always have players over a barrel. Where you're even in the NBA, like I, I mean, 
And the NBA is one of the more player powerful leagues, mm-hmm. but they are just, these unions are never in sync. You always have a bunch, like not even like a minority. You're having a bunch of dudes screaming about this COVID thing, which is just like, I, I mean, you throw some stat about, like, I don't know, I would like the virus is like 95% effective, even though something about 10 times. This is another Scott Steiner math uh, genius <laughs> over here. Yeah, so we don't have a lot of time to talk about this Cole Beasley thing. But again, Cole Beasley, again, talk to your player rep, talk to your fellow players, and, and figure this out. And by the way, get educated about how vaccines work. No, that no, might, that no. And, well. and shout out to the NFL for down near man like mandating without mandating it because your life is going to be absolutely miserable if you don't get this vaccine which it should be 100 all right we are out of here thank you guys for listening and tuning in to us here at 106.5 fm wppm lp philadelphia until next week we are out of here mr domingo take us out please have a great weekend everyone go sixers Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air.